This is the My Michelle Live podcast. Weekend Review. A look back at the week. It's My Michelle Live Weekend Review. Here's Michelle. Michelle and co-host Adam Rizzieri as we take on the news of the week. We look back, unspin it, and dig deep for the God story, for the message of hope for everyone, a message that's balanced, and try to find truth in the midst of a lot of crazy out there. Adam, hey, my friend, you've been pretty busy this week uh, doing the good work. Michelle, it has been quite a week. Man, earlier in the week, I went to the Texas Capitol in Austin, and I was there with a group of people who were, we were basically fighting for medical freedom. And a lot of the people that were in my group are people that have personally experienced vaccine injuries, people that have actually lost loved ones to the vaccine, to the jab. And these are people that have been strongly pushed out of the mainstream in terms of their ability to share their personal experiences, their actual terrible, tragic experiences of losing people they love. I met with a guy who actually in the photo, Michelle, with the bus in the background, on the right side of the photo, it's the first photo there. The right side of the photo, I'm kneeling in the front row next to a gentleman to my right in the photo. I guess to my left, if I'm like looking at the photo, it's to the right. And then that poor guy who's kneeling, he lost his wife to COVID, to the COVID vaccine specifically. There was another gentleman that was with us who actually fought, he went to a hospital and fought to get the hospital to basically take his wife off of a ventilator so that she could actually get the proper treatment that she needed. The hospitals were incentivized to put people on ventilators and they were paid, I think, 10 to $13,000 or so per person. It was terrible to see how I think greed took over our health system during that time. And so we oh, what's visited life? over a hundred You know, keep the, the hospital going. We have this weird kind of morality. If we can keep the hospital going and save more lives, we'll take a crapshoot maybe with this guy's wife. It, exactly. Because it's, it's, we're it's, making it's money. It's so messed up, right? Yes. And it's, it's crazy. And what our goal was when we were at the Texas Capitol in visiting lawmakers is we were trying to basically advance a couple of bills forward that had already passed the Texas Senate. But obviously, if the House doesn't pick those up and continue running with the baton, they just die on the vine. So we were trying to get one author for a bill that would basically forbid governmental entities from mandating that businesses force employees to get vaccines. And then the other bill that we were working on was one related to releasing health professionals from liabilities, like losing their health licenses, to enable them to provide therapies like ivermectin. And actually, I met one congressman's chief of staff who said that during COVID, he got COVID, and he took it upon himself to get ivermectin basically trafficked to him to texas from mexico and the treatment that he got was fantastic it took care of his problems and he basically he basically sought treatment that wasn't available to him here in the state of texas here in the united states because at the time you had people like sanjay gupta and don lemon criticizing ivermectin as a horse dewormer and it was really nice to meet with a lot of very enthusiastic lawmakers but i gotta say we had a lot of mixed reactions when, when coming across some of the Democrats' offices because we weren't just knocking on Republican doors. We were knocking on everybody with influence, people in committee positions, and also people that were empowered to actually choose what actually is considered for a vote. And it was interesting, the whole war of words thing, right? Whenever we would talk to a Republican politician, the word medical freedom would resonate with them and they would be open to our message. Whenever we knocked on a Democrat's door, we had to use the terms medical choice, 
And if you go into a Democrat's office and you say medical freedom, they, they immediately just stop listening to you because they assume that you're coming at them from the right. And so going into those offices, oh. we basically saying, hey, we're here to advance medical choice. And that allowed us to at least establish a dialogue with them without having them just immediately tune us out from the first. How was that received? It was received. We were we actually were treated quite well by by the Democrats in, in the Texas House in the Capitol. Right. We knocked on over 100 doors. Right. So there's 151 members of the Texas House. The Democrats were actually pretty, pretty friendly. But at the same time, it was one of those. We're going to smile. And then when you close the door, we're going to stab you in the back sort of deal. They really didn't have any real motivation to to, put, to author these bills, to co-author them or to favor of them. OK, so let's so, but at least they were why. friendly. For just a moment, because we see the yeah. same thing with abortion issues. And we talked on our Health Watch program this week about the ruling coming out of Texas. Y'all had a ruling. And then we up here in my state said, oh, heck no. And so we had these dueling abortion rulings. But what with the abortion issue, Adam, is the same thing is that we'll right. speak choice, but we don't want people to have a choice. We don't want people exactly to... Right to know the whole story. We don't want people to know, for example, with the uh, abortion pill, the kill pill, we don't want you to know that there have been 500% increases in emergency room visits from people taking right. this pill or some right. of the emotional reactions with your experience with, oh, yes, we're here for medical choice. Okay, I'll at least let you in the door. But that's not what we want. We didn't want choice during COVID. We didn't want you to be able to talk about it. We whipped you up into such a hyper state that you were willing to come against your friends and loved ones because right. they didn't toe the line and you called them murderers when they were standing up for choice. This is a danger. And it's what we're seeing right. out of some of the dangers, as we talked about on our Thursday news and views, the dangers coming out of China. China is a is a country you have no choice, period, with your health, with your that's religion, right. with your ideology, with your education. You have no choice. And that's what we're seeing coming out of the left. And it's dangerous and it's very undemocratic. That's not the Democrat Party of old. Exactly, exactly right. And frankly, too, that was actually some of the hypocritical pushback that we got from them. When we would knock on their doors, they would make comments about life versus choice in terms of abortion. And they're totally ignoring the life of the child, which is just ridiculous. Or even and, the life that was, of the mother, who, who is oftentimes in danger, and they don't know the danger. So before you're making that choice to get an abortion, you don't really know how dangerous it can be and the emotional impact. You're not, we're not talking about that. That's right. That's right. But it's par for the course. And that's why we have to continue being really vigilant. And frankly, too, it's not just being vigilant against those on the left, but it's also being vigilant against those on the right. There's actually one congressman that serves close to where I live, and he's known for running on a certain platform and then doing the opposite once he's in office. He's a oh, bit no. of a snowflake Republican. And Michelle, I kid you not, he recognized our group when we were walking through the halls of Congress. And he quickly looked at his phone as though he were busy and then ducked into a personal only room to avoid talking to us, which was quite funny and frankly to be expected too. 
we really have to continue as citizens to make a presence when Congress is in session at our state capitals and make sure our lawmakers know that we're watching and that we are going to hold them accountable. And when a bill passes on one side of the House, like the Senate or the House itself, it's important that we are establishing a dialogue and working to connect the dots and making sure that they prioritize those bills for a full vote. Otherwise, nothing really happens. And a lot of times, we obviously see special interests come out of the woodwork to water down bills that were once authored perfectly. And unfortunately, that happens quite a bit, right? Really just ignoring who's on what side of the fence in terms of their actual party affiliation. We have to just ensure that kind of moving forward based on principles and basically looking for solutions and then ensuring Mm -hmm. that those solutions are actually getting the attention that they deserve. Come on. One final thing uh, along this line in your very busy week, going to schools and putting up an In God We Trust sign and how you were met with mixed reaction. What you have to understand across the country and even the world up in Canada, where we have a lot of viewers and listeners, is that in Texas, if someone donates a sign like that, they have to put it up and it has to be prominent. I think that's weird law, but in this age, Okay. So as you right. brought these signs, you were, you again, were met with mixed reactions. What happened? That's right. So in a nutshell, Rabbit, obviously he's, he tries to, to wave the more conservative flag as best as he can. And so he signed a law basically stating that if a donor or someone gifts to a school, a sign that says in God, we trust that the school must hang that particular gift in a conspicuous location. In the state of Arkansas, you'll actually find an In God We Trust sign in every classroom and in the cafeteria. Michelle, it's not all that controversial a statement. In God We Trust is on our currency. You don't like you it, see don't that on, spend on a, that money. Yeah, if you don't like it, don't spend that money. Go to a different country and spend their money. In a nutshell, though, we so I was with a group that was of moms mean. I'm and grandmas. Sorry. Oh, we don't want to make anybody cry. (laughs) But I had the great experience of working with a group of local, a lot of local women, actually, moms and grandmothers, who basically we had a, I think we had about 2,000 signs donated to us from someone from Arkansas specifically. And so we were working to distribute 60 signs in one setting. And these signs, our first impression was we showed up to several schools, elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools in North Texas. And Michelle, several schools had bare flagpoles. They were not flying the American flag. When I was a kid, it was a privilege to serve on the school safety patrol in the mornings. And part of that was being a part of the flag raising every day. Yeah, learning how to fold it, how to put it up, how to put it down. Adam, this weird trend that that really started during the Obama administration, it had before. You'd see burning flags in the 60s. Don't quote me on this is when it started, but it really restarted, if you will, during the Obama administration with the apology tour that he took, going around and saying how bad America was. This is a weird trend because the very reason that you can walk around as a guy with lipstick and not be put to death, the very reason that you can protest and you have free speech is because you're in the United States of America. It is the weirdest trend and it's like group think in a weird direction. It's a very sad thing. So it's something that that we have to be concerned about. We have a lot to be concerned about too. I wanted to transition because of time to the Biden administration and I have a video for you. This one is weird. So 
Bumbling <laughs> Biden is out and about right in Ireland. And Hunter Biden had to bail out Joe because Joe was confused by a child's question. I don't know what makes America great. COVID response. I don't know. So here we go. Let's see if we can hear Joe. Because the key to success. I found out the key to success is, and I'm not sure I'm the best guy to explain it. The key to success is, whenever you disagree with someone, it's okay to question their judgment, whether they're right or wrong. But it's never okay to question their motive. What? Okay. Okay, that's the key. Pro to tips from Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, it, but not really understanding. Maybe he's old. He can't hear whatever. But that was a little bit of an embarrassing moment for the Biden administration. Now we've got help coming to Joe Biden from Hunter Biden himself, which, by the way, apparently there is no story here with Hunter Biden, at least if you are the three big networks because they covered zero, zero stories on Hunter Biden's dealings with the White House. Take a listen. As we're learning of Hunter Biden's business partners' relations with the White House, the big three major networks, their evening broadcast spent a total of zero minutes covering this revelation. Instead, they covered topics like rising sea levels in the Gulf of Mexico, rising cost of postage stamps, and of course, the AI revolution. And Fox News contributor Joe Concha joins me now. Joe, does any of this shock you at all? Because it does not mean. The Dean Wormer treatment, huh, guys? 0, 0.0 minutes of coverage. No, not at all. We've seen this movie many times when it comes to this particular bombshell, and it is a bombshell 80 times. But Joe Biden told our Peter Ducey in those clips you just played that he never discussed his son's business dealings with him. And we've all heard sure. that. No, I've never discussed my son's business dealings, but we now know it's been 80 times. Now, why is that a big deal? Because there was some weird stuff going on there. We saw with the last laptop. All of those things are big deals. We covered Trump rightfully concerned about Russian collusion. I'm fine with covering. I'm fine with digging deep. I'm fine with could there be something here, but they found nothing. But yet we have these, the whole laptop thing should have been talked about. We're arresting, we're indicting, I should say, an American, past American president based on wonky kind of stuff that that is misdemeanor at best. It, it doesn't show great character if any of those things were true, but yet we're going there and this is a big story, but we're not even talking about it. That's why I got the mixed reactions that I got when I was trying to drop off in God We Trust signs at the schools. There were so many school administrators that were so unhappy to see a sign that said, In God We Trust. We've fallen so far from truth that it's all about just driving a narrative forward. And that's why we're sitting here watching the media protect the Democrat establishment. They're protecting Joe Biden. They're ignoring voicemails that we've seen or heard, images and videos that we've seen that came from Hunter Biden's laptop and so many other things, too. 
specifically touching on their business dealings that are very questionable. And frankly, that exposed them to just tons of liabilities as it pertains to outside influence. I think President Xi in China has really Joe Biden right where he wants him. He's like a puppet. And now he's easily easy yeah. to be controlled. And it's getting and, dangerous. You know, I'd like for exactly you right. to take a moment and go to my Michelle Live if you haven't heard Thursday's program, a pretty important one where we talk about, are we already at war with China? And you have to think about the influence and the destabilization and the attacks that come from so many fronts. It's dangerous. And yet we have this from the White House, where not even the left press believe this when Jean-Pierre said that Biden takes unprecedented numbers of questions and the whole press corps was just this collective oh are you kidding eye rolling so it was like real-time fact checking there so as we take a little look at the Biden administration update there's more that we have to take into consideration than just his bumbling and doesn't know what's going on can't understand a, a question from a child there's outright lies that take place under every presidential administration but for some reason we get lazy when it gets to a democrat in office and that's not fair it's not right and it's not safe for america michelle he's only held 21 total press briefings in his nearly two and a half years in office the guy has literally engaged the press maybe 25 percent of the time versus what trump gave to the reporters that's probably because they can't weaken at bernie him that exactly yeah because whenever they ask him questions they're met with either he ignores their questions or he just babbles off about something that's totally not related like he, like what? Oh, there's so many different words you could just pull from Joe Biden that don't exist. Like interlocutors was one of the <laughs> words that he came up with. <laughs> and then there's the uh, excuse me. <laughs> that's, that's not a real answer. President Trump will go deep with journalists and give them several minutes of time per question, and he would even answer questions right outside the helicopter, right outside Marine One. Joe Biden though, he goes to Canada and he says he's not in Canada. He'll literally be in a country and say he's somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so... know what they're giving him, but let's hope they don't start putting that in the water. There's oh a, another there's another angle we wanted to talk about with the Biden administration that has to do with the disgraced nuclear waste chief, Sam yeah. Brittenden, who received Sam- a suspended sentence. Yep. Sam Brenton is somebody that we've covered a few times on this show. And this is what happens when you hire for equity and not merit, right? So this particular person was sentenced to 180 days in prison after pleading no contest. You know what? Yeah, I stole the luggage in that airport. I'm not going to even fight the charges because I think trials would be pretty embarrassing. So this former Department of Energy official who identifies as non-binary, which I guess basically means like some days he's a dude, some days he thinks he's a chick, also ordered to pay about $3,600 in restitution for, for basically stealing a lady's luggage. In one image of the actual theft, he stole a unique one-of-a-kind dress oh, that was designed by a lady from Houston. That's right. And But basically, the kind of funny thing is the judge basically like scolded Brenton saying, you know, if you don't stay out of trouble, then you're going to be forced to serve your entire six-month prison sentence. But this is just par for the course with the Biden administration. And you know what, Michelle, when I see this story, I'm just wondering who's next, right? Who else in his administration are we going to see in the headlines for doing something stupid like this? 
it's a good question, but something that I'm really concerned about is the uptick of crimes that are committed by the pronoun gang. Oh, uh, like the national shooting. The Louis the Louisville bank shooter was employed by the old National Bank there, but proudly displaying pronouns, and you're thinking. Okay, is there a connection? Because I will tell you this: when we see we we see anyone who's of a right leaning, and they're a gun enthusiast, like we saw with the leak that came out of the Pentagon, we draw conclusions. Okay, if there's a right leaning thinking, maybe they're they've gone a little extremist. Maybe they feel threatened. What's going on here, and how can we help these people, or how can we intervene before they do something crazy? Right. Again, just as we are ignoring this story, or we're just dismissing missing Mr. Nuclear waste chief, and just saying, okay, you just go to stay out of trouble. But yet, with a sitting president, with things that aren't even aren't even issues, we are going all out. Okay, fine, but there is no balance there, and that is really scary in this country. Look at what happens in communist countries. Look what look at what happens when you get that far out of balance when there is no justice, liberty, and justice for all, just liberty and justice for some, then you, and you see this protected group, maybe they feel like they can't be touched. Maybe they, there's a mental health issue there, but we've seen continued shootings and violence and crimes that's being committed by this, what do they say? The LGBT makes up 10% of the population that's a problem. It's a real problem when the mainstream media and frankly, when snowflake out of touch religious leaders are sitting here calling the Nashville school shooter a victim. That's absurd. But that's what's going on. They're literally trying to cushion this protected class when in reality, we just need to hold these people accountable as individuals that are doing terrible things and then ask real questions and offer real solutions to these issues like actual mental health solutions for someone who's going to pick up a gun and shoot three nine-year-old children and three adults. Right. That's a psychotic thing to do. And if you're sitting here and you're already misdiagnosing the problem, there's absolutely no way you're going to offer a real solution to the problem, right? So when mental health is the issue, then why the heck are we talking about gun control? Because that is not the problem. Guns don't shoot. People shoot people with guns. No, and I'll tell you what, one thing that just that someone had said to me this week that just hit home, that there is this consorted effort to make fun of people saying thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers don't do anything thoughts and prayers but do you know what it is when you have a sign two blocks away from me is an elementary school do you know what happens when you have a sign up there that says this is a gun-free zone that's your thoughts and prayers that's your happy thoughts that we say that it's a gun-free zone we have faith what are you putting your faith in then now think about it your your little sign there and your hopes and dreams of a gun-free environment has done little to protect children. What are you putting your faith in? Because I'll tell you what, my thoughts and prayers, my prayers are going to a powerful God who has a pretty dang good track record. Just saying. Yeah, and he's got a pretty good line of sight. That's for sure. It's like going through TSA at the airport, and they take your nail clippers because they're they're. Oh, what do you, you might do something dangerous with those nail clippers while you're on board? What? Leave my toenail clippings on the floor like a sicko? <laughs> that <laughs> I mean, is pretty gross. You, know, you get like these. Will fal- do that. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. I used to work for a guy who would literally clip his nails in his office, and I sat outside of it. I was just like, "Come on, man! What the just heck? like work at work, dude. Do that. Do that at home in your bathroom or something. Not in the workplace where everyone can sit out here listening to you chopping off your thick nails." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gross, uh, gross. You have no decorum anymore. And I'm just going to say, it as a side note, I really think that some of the biggest problems in America started when we started wearing pajama pants in public. Then we just all <laughs> I blame you, pajama pants, which I'm wearing right now you idiot. Uh, this whole idea of elevating the lgbtq alphabet gain look these are people they're people struggling with identity that's a real thing but to struggle with identity to struggle with attraction whatever you're struggling with we all do we all struggle with things but to elevate people and to put others at risk is a huge problem that we're facing now in America and we're becoming pretty perverse in our attempt and that coming out of the California school board which is now right. turning education on its head as they did a new transgender vote in a face that faces a lawsuit right now but in the public school system they voted to hide mental health information about students from their parents that's great and so then what happens when these kids do something weird like steal luggage or shoot up the school and the parents said i didn't know they were struggling with anything what the right. heck yeah, it totally disables the parents' ability to have a full context behind their children's behavior. Michelle, there are already a study revealed that there are almost 9,000 schools that have policies that literally will keep parents in the dark if their child is struggling with transgender-related mental health issues. Homeschool and be people, homeschool. Cut off homeschool, absolutely. <laughs> so the thing, so in California specifically, as it relates to this story, it's in Northern California, the Chico Unified School District. There was a parent that basically testified before the school board saying that the school literally transitioned her daughter without her knowledge or consent. At the time, the father had just passed away, and also at the same time, the mother was battling with breast cancer. They had a lot going on in that house, and because of what was going on, the child sought help from a school mental wellness counselor. And you'll actually, if you go to your school board meetings, and you, especially when they're doing the budgeting, they'll actually, there's a budget item there for basically social workers that are basically these school mental wellness counselors. And so basically in California, in this school district, the mental wellness counselor literally groomed the child into discussing her sexual identity and then ultimately leading her towards this path of transition. And it's absurd that this is allowed to happen because when it's happening, the school has a policy that they're not going to tell you, the parent, about what's going on. That's craziness right now. And no wonder we have just really alarmingly degrading mental health among kids today they're literally being i think led away from the truth they're being told that they're not who they are and that they weren't born right now the schools are legitimizing it from the elementary school level where i saw schools that were not raising the american flag to the middle school level to the high school level where kids maybe have one kid in the classroom standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. This is a really big problem that we have to really tackle in our school systems because this is the next generation of America. This is the next generation that we're going to, re going to have to rely on to protect our meritocracy. And right now, man, we're in trouble. Oh my now, gosh, and if it's man, worse than trouble. what we're seeing with Gen Z, I swear. I, just, I, I gotta say, Michelle, though, I was, God is awesome. When I, I was at the Capitol earlier this week, there was a 15 year old in our Bible freedom. There was also a 17-year-old there as oh, well. Yeah. So we well, had two, two youngins rise, that were with us. And those kids give me hope. 
That, yeah, there's been a rise in kids in that generation who are going, wait, there's something going on here. But it's not enough, and there's no wonder we're declining in academics. If you're, if you're perpetuating your social ideology on the next generation, could you at least make sure that they can read, write, and do simple math? Because we are declining horrifically in academics according to what's going on in our high schools, our college readiness is 30%. That would under, well, at least old school grading be an F. A college curriculum breadth ready for or understanding college curriculum is 10%. And the college graduation rate from high school is 10%. 10%. We're, and wow. that's not even ranking, which we don't have time to get into, where we fall in the world with reading, writing, math, sciences. Not even in the top 10. We are, we really are flailing and failing, but you don't want to give us a failing grade because I don't know about you, if you heard about this teacher, this middle school teacher who was fired because she gave her students zeros when they refuse they just didn't want to turn in their work i don't want to do work i don't want to do homework i'll get a passing grade anyway just for having my butt in the seat and she said oh heck no (laughs) but of course when this eighth grade teacher gave students zeros she was fired okay because you know what that sounds like a teacher worth hiring right like that yeah if you don't turn in the homework and if you don't do the assignment that's a zero if you don't do the work you don't get a dollar (laughs) Unless you have some sort of ridiculous entitlement program that, you know, you might be able to take advantage of. But that's it. Do the work, get paid, right? Do the homework, get the grade. Let's hope. So (laughs) what we wanted to get into in these last few minutes of the program today is just how that worldview is not working. So doctors have been exposing how experimental gender-affirming care really is, and it is scary. Not only that we're allowing adults to do it, or we're giving adults this choice, but we're not, again, telling them all of the problems and all of the issues that are surrounding this. But on top of it, we're pushing it on vulnerable children without their parents' intervention or knowledge. Let's talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. The great thing about this show, Michelle, is it is the God story. And I think with the God story, there's always room for hope and optimism. And in this case, we're, there, there were doctors that were once in favor, once proponents of basically, quote, gender affirming care. Or I think the actual term that the doctors were using was it was not gender affirming care, but it was something like transgender modification, basically. And in a nutshell, there's this organization called, or it was once called the Harry Benjamin International Gender Dysphoria Association, which later became known as WPATH letters. And this guy, Dr. Stephen Levine, he literally in regret said, oh my goodness, this organization that's responsible for for making the recommendations that doctors used to say, yes, this person is a candidate for gender modification or no, they're not a, a candidate for it. This organization literally has in his view, crept from being one based on science to one based on science and advocacy. And so you now have an organization that's looked to as the authority by the health community. And in fact, it's been basically infiltrated by political ideology. Of course. And you now see like doctors abortion. who were once pro 
Exactly right. Like and so, vaccinations. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it, it all goes back to money, unfortunately, and greed, and in this case, also socialism. But there was one of the doctors in this particular group of people who were testifying in Florida who said, patients suffering from gender dysphoria or related issues have a right to be protected from experimental, potentially harmful treatments lacking reliable, valid, peer-reviewed, published, long-term scientific evidence of safety and effectiveness. And in a nutshell, the organization responsible for creating the kind of the checklist of is this person a candidate or are they not a candidate when you're when you're infiltrated by political ideology you're going to be so far from obje objective right you're going to be literally trying to push as many people towards the road of gender modification as possible when in fact it's gender mutilation in most cases i would say in every case follow uh, especially the money, when you're people follow the Michelle, money what did you say i was with... having a i was having a conversation with somebody this week you can't even get a tattoo till you're 18. <laughs> like you can't get a tattoo till you're 18 because that's permanent and it doesn't just go away. So why the heck would a child be able to do something as drastic as puberty blockers right, or a hysterectomy <laughs> as a 12 or 13 or 14 year old? It's a name. You can't it's, get a tattoo, but there. you can do yeah. all this crazy stuff. It's you can crazy. do all this crazy stuff. It's you follow the money. If we can get more people vaccinated, it doesn't matter if there's health problems or if we haven't really looked into it. We'll just shame people and force them into it. And then pharma makes money. If we can tell people that things are great and that's just a clump of sales in there, even though it wrecks the human psyche, believe me, there's forgiveness and there's life after abortion, but why go there to begin with? Uh, there is the same thing that we see with, as I said, vaccines, as we've said with abortion, with gender affirming care. We're not hearing the whole story. You're not making a choice and it's bullcrap if you think this is we need to have choice for people that's not a choice if you're not giving the full information do you want to see what that future looks like look at china look at the communist countries and then tell me what you think and if you really think that what's being perpetuated in the news and in society is really working we're going to end our program today with a go woke go broke segment <laughs> of this program because this bud is not for you now i know a lot of folks have said and this is a hard place adam because drag queens and that kind of entertainment why it gets lumped with LGBTQ is maybe because of personal choices, but it really is a form of entertainment, a form of should be adult entertainment. And I don't have any problem with it being out there. If we're going to have strip clubs, a drag show is sexually charged usually and has a lot of that kind of humor, but it's a lot less uh vivid or maybe right. don't know it, well it's, i think any kind of scantily clad twerk or shake or split or whatever is a little bit adult it's a lot of bit adult separating i don't know why we have to lump that together it is we don't want to ban people because they dress as clowns right they're not really clowns they're just people dressed as clowns same thing when a man dresses in drag they're not really oh she's getting controversial here they're not really <laughs> they're just dressing as a woman it's no different than, oh, I don't know, blackface. Ooh. Ooh oops. That's controversial, oops, Michelle. Oops. I'm but, offended. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anheuser-Busch had Dylan Mulvaney, as we talked about last week, on top of their ad.
ad, the woman behind the Bud Light marketing ad said she wanted to update the company's fratty image and reboot its out-of-touch clientele. So she pretty much insulted anybody who is already drinking Bud Light. So well, the problem- This lady is also a Harvard grad, by the way, who she was obviously subjected to a lot of indoctrination throughout her own coursework. She's a Harvard grad who came in thinking she knows better. And I wonder if she even drinks Bud Light or drank Bud Light because she was concerned about Bud Light as a brand losing market share. But the reality is- They lost the market been, share five- They billion, sure have. Five billion dollars since they announced sponsorship of this transgender Dylan. Now, the problem that I have is a bit different than drag queens, men who just dress up because the outlandish, garish caricature of femininity. That's one thing. But Dylan claims to be a woman and with cramps and all of these. Do you know that there's women who die every year of burst appendicitis because they take it as mild menstrual cramps <laughs> mild oh. menstrual cramps and they're like oh i'm just having bad cramps and then they die because their appendix bursts this is a being a woman is a difficult thing and thinking that you can just put on makeup and by the way why is it bud light and nike that you have to have a white guy pretend to be a white girl slinging your stuff is that just more appealing to you to displace women is an issue. I Michelle, are you saying that Dylan Mulvaney modeling sports bras and yoga pants isn't attractive to you as a consumer? You're just like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> I'll yeah, buy that well, now. <laughs> beyond that, because I, I think Dylan dresses up nice and puts on the, his makeup nicely, whatever. If I were face to face with Dylan, I don't have a problem with necessarily with him personally. We, right. I want to hear his story. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to deplatform him, but I also don't want him displacing women because that's what's happening in this society. And it's a dangerous trend. I have a problem with it. And so do a Guess lot of why. other consumers. $5 billion loss. And that's not the only story as we wrap up the program today. We are also seeing Walmart is pulling out of Chicago. They're pulling out most of their stores, half of their stores in Chicago because of crime, because of right. lack in insecurity and that's not the only place whole foods is the latest company to shut down stores in san francisco this i think if i remember right this was its flagship store and they're closing because of spiraling crime when the sun falls when the sun falls and then that movie the purge starts to happen in real life right like (laughs) you're like man we better board things up real fast and get home quickly because we don't have much time. Dude, and That's I, just this it. is something I want you to take into consideration. When we see a rise on, we've talk, we talk a lot about what happens from a left-leaning ideology and how de- dangerous it is, and it is. We talk a lot about it because it's not talked about in the news, but there is a smaller segment of right-leaning people who some who sometimes go off the rails as well. And that 
it, I think is perpetuated be, because of the great divide, because we are not allowed to talk about things. And the level of frustration with people who aren't balanced becomes very dangerous. That's why thinking people need to talk with other thinking people and respect other right. thinking people who think differently than they do. And do you know where I see this coming out of more than any place else is the Bible, because the Bible encourages us to love our enemies, to pray for those who despitefully use us, to open those doors of communication, to not shut down, to not cancel, to not deplatform, but to love one another as Christ loved us. And that's where I want to end the program. Bring us home, Adam. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our program today. Or if you watched it, thanks for watching us do our thing. Please check out MyMichelleLive.com for all the shows. Michelle hosts some of the best shows that I've ever listened to, including, of course, this one too. But seriously, though, please do subscribe, comment, let us know your thoughts. Definitely check out the merch section as well. Michelle's got a really cool book that I think you guys will find interesting, especially if you're looking to start a podcast or just find your own voice for broadcast or advertising, whatever your passions may be. Thank you all so much. God bless you. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.